right, we are here with episode 41 of Stone and Clay with my boy, Ty Eastman. What's up, brother? We made it. This is great. This uh, is great. Um, I was just telling him before, he's the, he's the youngest male guest in history. I'm honored. And um, are, you, are you 20? No, 19. Oh my gosh. 19. I'm a youngin. You're like, bro, I can, only, I, like, I can smell your baby breath. Like, that's... <laughs> But it's nice. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> no, that's great, bro. Um, yeah, it's cool. We've been we've been homies for a couple of years. Um, he's a he's a fellow spikeman. Of course. Um, we're we're one and zero all time in tournaments together. It's true. That's <laughs> great. Um, you haven't been playing as much lately. No, it's been sad. I know. What have you been up to? What have you been doing? Dude, been sad. Honestly, just living life. Yeah. Living life, having a good time. Uh, I mean, spontaneous trips to Germany, because why not? Yeah, totally. Um, that's, that's that's a page out of your book, even. I mean, just picking <laughs> yeah. up and leaving for a sec. Yeah, I've been to Germany. It's nice. It's beautiful. What, it's beautiful. what part did you go to? Um, Frankfurt, Berlin, uh-huh. and Leipzig. Okay. See, I pretty much just went to Berlin when I went. Um, saw the wall, saw some museums, had some... Some sauerkraut, whatever. Of course. Yeah. Did you do much in Berlin? Um, Berlin's it's very industrial. Yeah, it's very like modern too, and it's right. not like it's funny because that was the first city I'd ever been to in Europe, and I was like, eh, this is kind of nothing special. Yeah. Like it's cool that everyone's speaking German, and they totally. got like they got good hot dogs. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but, but and the words are thirty characters long for some reason yeah every yeah. single one of them yeah and like the berlin did you go to the berlin wall yeah yeah that was yeah. pretty cool berlin wall was sweet um but besides that i wasn't like super overwhelmed but then i didn't get to go to frankfurt and stuff but we went to that trip at least we went to poland and uh prague okay. and uh so did you see uh what's it called not Dachenhausen. Uh, um i went to auschwitz auschwitz yeah okay so that's that's actually technically in poland yeah. Um, a lot of people think it's in Germany, but it's right on the border in Poland. But yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, wow. Were you with family or just a home? Just friends. Yeah. Two friends. Nice. Um, had a medical thing he was going out there for. Mm-hmm. Long story, but yeah. Does we were you, just mobbing around for five days. Is there anything like a boy's trip? What do you mean? Like just, just the boys. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. Like there's, you know, there's family trips. There's these co-ed friend group trips. There's trips with your girl. Right, But right. then there's a boy's trip. And there's nothing that's, there's nothing better. <laughs> there really isn't. Maybe with your girl. <laughs> sure. But it's, it's almost apples and oranges. Right, right. You, you can't know? compare the two. It's like, yeah, trip with your girl. It's romantic. It's like, it's bonding. But with the boys, I don't know, you're just wild and you're out there. It's so true. Yeah. I went to, so I went to Europe for three weeks with two buddies of mine. <laughs> for three, That's right. Three weeks. Really? And, yeah. And we just rented a car and just went everywhere. Like we, I'll tell you how we planned our trip. We went to a Korean restaurant in Provo and and they had like paper, the tablecloth was paper. And so I said, hey, can we get a pen real quick? And we got out Google Maps, and I was like, okay, we're going to land in Geneva. Let's, uh, let's like, go over here. And, and we, just, we just, like, drew where we kind of wanted to go. Amazing. And then that's what we did. Like, we would book Airbnbs, like, the night of, and it was the best way to do it because we saw so much, but we weren't, like, beholden by our agenda and our plans, right. you know. We were the same way. I mean, yeah. showing up to the hotel an hour before we booked it. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, sweet man. Well, tell me, um, 
Bro, tell me about the <laughs> tell me about the first time you kissed a female. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because dude, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, it's such a wild thing the first time you kiss a girl. Oh, for like, sure. Even now, like the first time you kiss any girl, it's kind of exciting and it's kind of new and wild and there's just there's such different energy that first kiss. Right. Like even though most kisses are enjoyable and exciting or whatever. That first kiss when you're not sure how it's going to be received, you're not sure what's on the other end of that mouth. Right, right. right. How, how old were you? Dude, that's a great question. I was 16. Okay. So fairly mature. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, that was the dating age, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, funny you asked me this question. My brother had his first kiss two days ago. Really? How old is he? 15. Shout out to my boy. God bless him. <laughs> that's great. So anyways, great timing on that question. But... Went to a different school. Mm-hmm. It's safe. It's safe. Because, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, same school, it, it could there could be some contention. Some drama, there. If it's yeah. bad, you tell your friends. You got to see them in the halls back. every day. Right. Yeah. I, real quick, I went to a high school in the middle of nowhere that just had like 400 students. Oh, yeah. And there was a neighboring school like 10 minutes away, but it was back in the day and nobody really had cell phones or social media. So you pretty much, it was intra-school, you know? <laughs> if, if you had some game and you picked up some cheerleaders at an away game, you might be able to swing some stuff. But it was mostly home turf. It's tough. It's, it's wild. It's yeah. wild territory for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. When, when I hear young cats bragging about their, like, their freaking hit list or whatever, how many girls they've been with or whatever, I'm like, bro, you don't know what it was like. You don't know what it was like Different times. To, to, to pick up girls without a cell phone. Right. Without Facebook or Instagram, like good luck. Yeah, you gotta write. Them, you gotta write them a note. You gotta. <laughs> of course. You gotta ask them what their phone, their their family's phone number is. Wow, are you calling the landline? You gotta call the landline. It was that long ago, church. Well, bro, Come I on, got dude. bro, bro. I'm not gonna bring up the year I was born, but you know when I <laughs> I got a cell phone when I was 17 for the first time. Okay. Okay, but that was like. The week, the last week of high school as a senior. Okay. Wow. And so I had a bunch of friends that had cell phones earlier, but it was like these little Nokia brick phones, right? And everyone didn't have a phone. So it wasn't like, oh, let me get your number and let's text. It was like, oh, I got a cell phone. So I'm going to call your your parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, dude, I called this girl, this girl I was kind of dating when I was a senior. She was a sophomore. And I had to call her parents to like, Ask her to a, to a dance or whatever. Wow. It was the Wild West. It's a crazy time. Yeah, dude. It was dark. Wow. <laughs> tough. Yeah. But you don't know what you're missing, right? Right. But also, I will say, you're breaking the ice right away, I feel like. Yeah. Back in those days, I mean, you're calling the parents immediately. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, you're wow. getting in there. And you're not, you're not, there's not a lot of, like, fooling around with, like, hey, like, I got her number, like, like, let me see how the texting goes. Let right. me see how she responds. You just call. Right. You know, you get the number, you call the next day. Right? You're not reading into anything. Nah. It's nah. a full send. Yeah. And like, she can't screen your calls either. <laughs> She's like, you hear in the background, like Karen's like, like Callie, Taylor's on the phone. And she's like, shit. <laughs> like she's got to go t- <laughs> you know so, she has no choice yeah you don't get ghosted back in the day dude yeah what a time to be alive yeah dude. like you give a girl a note and she doesn't give you a note back like that's 
That's the original ghost. That's hard. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Okay, so walk me through it. You're 16. You're young. You're handsome. 16, dude, I was a young little buck out there. Yeah. Um, you know, a few of my boys already had the first kiss, so I was I was jealous, of sure. course. Yeah. You're a young male. You're you're eager. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we ended up texting, figuring mm-hmm. it out. My buddy had kissed her the week before. And yeah. I was like, look, this is my best chance. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. just get this thing over with, yeah. right? Um, we meet up. Mm-hmm. I make up something called the True Charger Night. Okay. Okay. And then some schools do have these high school things where it's yeah. like, you do become a true whatever. whatever. Your mascot is. Right. Yeah. Corner Cannon didn't have one. It okay. was just whatever. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, I was like, let's just do it. Yeah. Called it True Charger Night. We hopped the fence. Mm-hmm. On the field, I call my boys 30 minutes prior to go, hey, look, I'm getting my first kiss. I know you guys won't believe me if I do it. So come to the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Come to the stadium. They were in the stands. You're scheming and plotting because you don't want your boys to not believe you. Yeah, right. Okay. And you know what's tough about this is, you know, if this somehow gets back to the girl, yeah, yeah. it's just tough because this will be the first time hearing about it. She, yeah. didn't, she didn't know the boys were there. Right, right. Right. Really knew I was there. But I mean, it's so, it's funny. It sounds conniving, but it's so innocent because really the boys, they just want to see their boy thrive. Right, right. <laughs> right. It's nothing against anyone. It's just, yeah. It's team. not weird voyeuristic stuff. It's just these guys want to see their boy, you know, catch a dub. For sure. <laughs> yeah. First dub. Yeah. First dub. For that. Ever, yeah. For that. Yeah. Um, anyways, we hop the fence. Mm-hmm. The boys are in the stands. So you're like on the, in the middle of the grass? Yeah. We're walking in the middle of the grass. Yeah. Heart's beating out of my chest. Right, right, right. As it should be. Are you like holding the hands or kind of no. brushing shoulders? Brushing shoulders, <laughs> yeah. messing around kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flirting. Do you know, had she, cash. was she an experienced girl? Had she had some kisses? She kissed one other guy. Okay. I think. Maybe two. Okay. Maybe two. Now, this is where I feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to come off like, it's, I, I'm not a douchebag. I can promise right, you that. Right, right. But you know, you live and you learn. Sure. At the time, you know, like, like while we were about to kiss, mm-hmm. before we were about to kiss, she's like, "How many guys have you kissed? How many? <laughs> excuse my language. How yeah, many? This, this just in. No, it's fine. How many girls have you kissed?" And yeah. I was like, "I told her a few. Yeah, I, yeah. Lied, I lied to <laughs> her. Like, I can't hit her with zero. I lied to her. <laughs> yeah, and I feel bad for that. Well, the stakes were really high. They were super high. To yeah, like you can't. Gosh, if you had said zero, you might not have got your first kiss. Right, yeah. right. I couldn't take that risk. Yeah. Anyways, we go in mm-hmm. on the middle of the field, 50-yard line, and we we do this thing. I don't even know what it was. Do you sit down or do you... No, we were we were standing up. Okay. We were standing up. You hit her with that vertical touch. Which is tough. Yeah. Which yeah. is tough. I mean, I, I'm trying to think the last time I kissed a girl vertically. <laughs> right. <We're> not... <laughs> Our boy's wild. Okay. Sorry, Jeff. That's <laughs> tough. But you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's long... at, least, at least an incline. Right, right, right. It's a lot easier kissing a girl when you're sitting down. Right. And you're you're what, 6'2"? 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, yeah, it just makes more sense. Yeah. Anyways, we go in, we pack. Mm-hmm. It's not great. <laughs> sure, because it's just a pack. Just a pack. Yeah. We end up going again again. Mm-hmm. Okay? A little longer this time, like six seconds. Yeah. And I don't know what it was. It was terrible. Right. It was terrible. And I felt bad because I, I then asked her, I was like, hey, like, how many guys have you kissed? Yeah, yeah. And she was like, like one or two. And I yeah. was like, I was like, I, I, I made her feel bad about herself. <laughs> I, I felt, this was, this was a bad time in my life. Yeah. I'll admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've turned a, I've turned a page. Right. 
Anyways, we kissed again after I offered her some chapstick. Yeah, yeah. Just tough, but... <laughs> so you gave her heat for kissing three or four guys? Well, I, I, I was expecting it to be better. Oh, okay, okay. So it was like, oh, like you've only kissed like <laughs> one or two dudes. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, here, let's like try this again. Right, right. That's terrific. It was tough. <laughs> tough. Great girl, though. Right. Great girl. Right. Did you... um? Was it, did you hit her with tongue or was it? No, no. At the time, I didn't know that was. Right. You didn't know people I mean, had. I was a young buck, like yeah, yeah. I said. Yeah. So, you know, but times changed since yeah. then. Right. For sure. Yeah. You hit a girl with a horizontal kiss. You hit her with uh, maybe a maybe a seven or eight seconder. Right. You know? Right. You start working your way up. Yeah. <laughs> the big leagues. Wow, bro. That's beautiful. Anyways, I, I really do feel bad yeah. now that I've talked about it for the first yeah. time in a while. Well, if I opened up a lot of old stories, I'm sure I'd feel terrible too. But um, <laughs> It's necessary though. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Bro, I remember my first kiss, I was, I was talking to my boy and he's like, because I had started dating this girl, right? right? But I was 14. And so our dating was like, let's say hi when we see each other at school. Let's talk on the phone, whatever. But we had started dating a few days ago, and she was like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she had, uh, <laughs> you're good, you're good. She had been known to kiss many a man, right? For experience. Yeah, she was a young, experienced girl. And so my buddy's like, bro, like, we're going to this party tonight. Like, you're going to get your, your first kiss tonight. Wow. And I was like, and this was like first real kiss because I'd had a few pecs before. Okay. But they were like like truth or dare or whatever. Right. 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 Not a lot of emotion involved. But um, so my buddy's like coaching me. We're just like, he's like, bro, it, it, here's what's going to happen. He's giving me all the dirty deets. And I'm like, okay, I can handle this. I can handle this. And then we're like watching a movie at this girl's house and her parents are out of town. It's classic. classic. Everything's primed. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then in the middle of the movie, she just takes my hand, doesn't say a word, and, and just stands up. And I'm like, it, we're going somewhere. <laughs> like, like, we're going to make out somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, my heart's beating out of my chest, bro. I'm dying. But I'm like, you know, I'm excited because she's hot. Right, right. And she's, gosh, she was hot. And she was that, she was an early bloomer, if you know what I mean. Of course. She hit, of course. Yeah, she hit that bloom really early. And I was just beside myself. So she... She walks into the garage, and I'm like, there's no other reason we're in the garage, right? There's no way we're in the garage for any other reason. Dude, wow. <laughs> you know? That's so bold. It was crazy. And then she just kind of backs me up against a wall, and and just kind of starts leaning in. And so I lean back, because um, I'd been coached through this. I knew, <laughs> I knew it was game time. but uh, <laughs> And for me, it was great. Like, I'm sure I was terrible. But because she was experienced, like she didn't hurt, she wasn't bad, and yep. she didn't she didn't make me feel bad, and so it was like ten out of ten for me. Dude, that's yeah. a great story. <laughs> yeah. You lo- also, I will say this: you know what you love to see? Hmm. A girl taking charge. Oh, that is one of the most underrated things I think. It's so great because it's so like they have to do so little to like take charge. Totally right. They just have to make a few subtle movements, right? And then we know like. It's just basically giving us the green light. Totally. Where, like, it's so hard these days, like, as a guy, the last thing you want to do is come off as creepy or pushy or aggressive. Um, But also a girl wants, like, a confident guy. 
For sure. And so sometimes it gets a little murky. And so when a girl is just like, hey, like, this is what I want. You're like, okay. Totally. Thank you. Even not, not even just with the physical stuff. If a girl just sends you a text, it's like something so simple, like, Hey, you're, you're so, I think you're so cute. Or like, Hey, it'd be so fun if we hung out sometime. You're like, wow. Like now I know what to do. Totally. And even if it's not a positive reinforcement thing, Mm -hmm. even if it's not, you know, it could be a negative thing as well. Where It's like, Hey, I'm not interested. That's yeah. fine. I, yeah. Honestly, as long as you're like forward yeah. and like you make your like where you're at clear, great. Yeah. Like honestly, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I always tell girls because girls like when you're an attractive girl, like the truth is you just have to reject guys a lot. Right. It just comes with the territory. As long as you like leave your house or or <laughs> have an internet presence, you're going to reject men consistently. And I think a lot of girls just hate it. And so they just end up ghosting most guys right. or just not responding to begin with. And I always say, like, listen, just saying something little like putting them in the friend zone. Like if a guy asks you out and you just say, like, yeah, we should all do something sometime. Just a little subtle, like, let's throw you in the friend zone. Like, it'll sting for a minute, but it's much better than just, like, making him think, oh, like, I can't tell she's into it. For sure. But then three weeks later, she's ghosted you, and you're like, man, I've been thinking about this girl for three weeks. Yep. Like, just just hit me with the friend zone early, or hit me with the, like, I'm talking to somebody else right now. Because, listen, when a girl says I'm talking to somebody right now, I don't, I nine out of ten times, I don't believe her. <laughs> I just don't. You're calling Cap. I'm calling Cap. <laughs> and um, I'm calling Kaepernick right there. And, um, but... But it's fine. I'm like, yeah. okay, they don't they don't want to go out with me. They have their reasons. Whether they're telling me the truth or not, I don't really care. Yeah. Like, just tell me, you know, just set me free. <laughs> totally, totally. It saves both parties a lot more time if yeah. you're just straight up and forward about yeah. it. Yeah. So. But, um, dang, man, that's that's a beautiful story. Oh, it's great. And shout out to your little brother for getting in there. Oh, you have um, to shout out Buckets, dude. <laughs> you'd love for, I'd love to get Buckets on the show. Oh, that'd be know? great. That'd be great. He's, he's living his greatest, I mean, the best life right yeah. now, really. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, just started high school. Yeah. Playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Got his first kiss. Dude's on the run. Bro. Who's going to stop him? No, nobody's going to stop him. I don't know. Him. I don't yeah. know. Um, do you remember the very first time we met? Jeez, it was. It had to be a spike ball. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Um, jeez, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think, I think the first time I met you, we were playing pickup in West Jordan, and you'd come really? with. Yeah, you'd come with some high school homies. Is it Jagan? I don't remember, but it wasn't. It, it's like not a homie that's around anymore that plays anymore. Jagan. You think. have to remember Jagan. I would remember what he looks like. You know, J- dude, we're talking <laughs> high school national champion. I mean, <laughs> high school, it was like the high school West Regional or something yeah, like but, that. No, no, but I remember that kid. Okay. Um, but it, it wasn't him. Really? Because it was at, pi- it was at pickup. It might have been him. Uh, yeah, it might have been Interesting. Because it wasn't that tournament that you're talking about. Right, right. It, was, it wasn't yeah, that. It was pickup. I would have brought it. It had to have been him. It, it probably was. And he probably thought I could beat you. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Is this, this wasn't in Riverton. Is it West Jordan? Maybe it was Riverton. I always. For Sanford. I remember Sanford doing the Riverton stuff early there. It might've been Riverton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, it was Riverton. Yeah. 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 I sometimes get those two cities mixed up. Hey, but, um, look, <laughs> I love the West side. Sure. But once you go West. Yeah. 
your west side. Yeah, like... I mean, you're not very far. I mean, Riverton's very close. I mean, both are close, yeah. but they're yeah. both. A little Utah geography for the people. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were uh, what were some of your... I'm going to get into what I thought, but what were some of your first impressions of me as you, as you first, like... Whenever you remember first meeting Jeez, me. Jeez, that's a great know? question. Because I'm just like, it's it's funny because I just, it's kind of rare to have somebody my age be friends with a guy your age, right? right? But um, obviously Spikeball is a cool thing where the communities just kind of all together in a lot of ways and a lot of people that would never be friends otherwise. Totally. Kind of link up. Um, same with any sports community or or a lot of different communities, but... Um, but yeah, it's cool. I have a lot of really young guy friends that, um, I otherwise probably wouldn't, right. you know? Right. I mean, I remember the first time it was, um, like you said, the Riverton thing, mm-hmm. uh, now that you bring it up. And then obviously just like the, the few times I met you after that, yeah. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever that the number one guy in Utah was talking to me. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. I mean, it was, and I'd bring my buddies. Yeah. They knew who you were cause they see you on, the, on my Instagram or yeah. whatever it may be. And it was like, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I, I hype you up because yeah. I should. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. So. You get, um, a little, you get a little clout. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I was clout chasing early in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it was you were you were great. You, I would say you're, if not the best in the community with making people feel important and loved no matter what skill level they're at. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, that's how I felt. That's how I'd say everyone in the community feels. Cool, man. Thank you. So. Thank you. That means a lot. That's that's kind of, at the end of the day, what I care about more than anything. Right. Um, it probably doesn't seem like that, like, while I'm playing. Oh, well, yeah, you're <laughs> you a competitive know? guy. Yeah, just because I'm competitive win. and I get a little pissy when I when I catch some L's. But, um, but yeah, I love the community. And I love, I just love bringing, I just love bringing different people together. Right. And... Seeing like, hey, listen, like, me and you are so different, but like, we're the same, right? You know, right. like, we both we both want to win. We both love the game. Like, it's fun to find these these unique commonalities, where like, a lot of times you're like your main crew, your homies. You like all like played basketball in high school together. Sure. You all chase the same girls. You all, you know, did whatever. You dress the same. You listen to the same music. So it's cool to get outside of your circle and find new people that you have um, these commonalities with. Totally. You know? And also going along with that, um, talking about like your influence. I read a book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Started to get more into reading. Yeah. It's called The Go-Giver. Have you read this book? Uh-uh. Amazing book. It's yeah. a small business book. Um, but it talks about how your, um, your worth is based off of how many people you're influencing, mm. how many people you're impacting. Kind of your, your social capital. Right, yeah. right. And it was just super interesting because it was it was like, it made me realize that as much as like money's great, a lot of these like materialistic things are great. But at the end of the day, how many people are you influencing for good? Right. You know? And yeah. it was just, it just really like opened my eyes. Right. You know? and, and hopefully if you do things right, the more money you make, you can you know, parlay that into increasing your influence. For sure. You know, like for for me, it's like, okay, I have this podcast and if I, if the podcast starts doing really well and taking off and I'm making lots of money from it, then all of a sudden the byproduct is I can influence more people. Right. Right. And if it puts more cash in my pocket, I'm not mad. Right. You know, but, but yeah, that's ultimately what really matters. And that's a cool realization to have it 
at 19 years old. Oh, and you have to um, have it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crucial. Yeah. Um, talk me through when you first uh, found out you had cancer. Jeez. Seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was a young lad. Yeah, so um, you were like 12 or 13. Yeah, I think I was I was 11. Okay. It was in 2013. Okay. That's those the two. So yeah. I was 11 in 2013. Um, fifth grade. Um, I just remember having these terrible migraines, headaches. Yeah. I mean, excruciating. Yeah. Like, you'd be sitting in class and your head legit feels like it's going to blow up. Right. Like, I'd be bent over crying. Yeah. That was in fifth grade. Yeah. Real quick. I always want to, I always want to get this clear. I feel like so many people say the word migraine when they just have a bad headache. Oh, of course. And it's got to piss you off, dude. <laughs> here's the thing. Like you'll you'll hear somebody will be like, ah, I kind of have a migraine, but like I'm down to hang for a little bit. And you're like, no, no, no. If you have a migraine, you're comatose. You're out for the count. Right, right. right? You're going to bed. Yeah. yeah. And like I've I've been lucky. I've never had a migraine, but my dad has them every once in a while, yeah. and my sister has them every once in a while. And they're just, they're out for the count. Right. They have to go into a dark room. They're like thrown yep. up. They can't hear anything. They're just dead. <laughs> my dad, my dad said, my dad said the first time he got a migraine, he was like 17 or something. And he was working like out in this field, like picking strawberries, doing some random thing. Yeah. And it started coming along and he's like, I just, I didn't even tell anybody. I just went home. Cause I was like, I yep. am dying yep. and I can't like. Can't function. No. Yeah. He's like, I don't care if I lose my job. I don't care about anything. I'm getting home. <laughs> okay, so, so you, true though. So you're in it's fifth, so true. Yeah, you're in fifth grade. You like, did you think you were dying? Oh, I mean, I I knew something was up because you couldn't have just thought as a fifth grader like, oh, this is a terrible headache, right? You know, <laughs> you know, and that, that was the, that was a tough thing. I'd go home and tell my parents this. Yeah. My teachers would tell my parents, and my parents were just telling me that I, I was out of shape. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't out of shape. <laughs> I mean, I've been like. Like my metabolism is like it's it's I don't know what's going on with it. It's fast. Yeah, yeah. It's fast. I I wasn't out of shape. Right. My parents. That's what they told me. Your parents thought because you had <laughs> a migraine in class, you're out of shape. And I also had heart pain. I had, I had some heart palpitations. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it was maybe a combination of bad eating yeah. with or fifth grade eating, yeah, right? Yeah. With not working out, which I was working out. <laughs> I just play basketball, right? Yeah, yeah. The recess, classic. Yeah. Um, anyways, we go in for a well child check a few mm-hmm. months later yeah. and my blood pressure is just through the roof. Yeah. If you know, blood pressure, 160 over 110 is kind of where we were at. Yeah. Um, and as a fifth grader, that's extremely high. Right. Luckily my, my doctor diagnosed it on the spot, which is incredible. So it was like stage one. At or? that, at that point it was right. It was stage one, uh-huh. it was stage one. It wasn't even cancer at that point okay. actually. Yeah. So we go in for the surgery and they take it out to my adrenal gland. It's great. Take it out. Not a big deal. Two years later, mm-hmm. tumor spread. Um, we, they take out 10 tumors. Mm-hmm. Um, and this surgery was in Maryland. Where are these Where are these tumors? Are they like all over? So the second one was uh, my kidneys. Okay. Uh, mainly kidneys. Mm-hmm. Kidneys and you kind of like, your whole stomach area is just a mess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've seen, I've seen the picture. Like, you see the pictures probably sometimes. There's just you, a lot of crap in there. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how they determine that, but they do. Yeah. Um, so there's a few... Mm-hmm. Surrounding that kidney area, and then my third surgery. I mean, it's all over. We got like so like currently, you know, I have tumors in my spine, my lungs, kidneys, uh, abdominal area, mm-hmm. high up on my spine up here, yeah, kind of everywhere. So, what is is it like with these tumors? Is it like 
you just have to monitor them because some will get bad and some will become benign. <laughs> My voice just stuttered there for a sec. <laughs> yeah, Sorry about no, that. That's good. Um, what I was saying was a good question, <laughs> but. Um, so right now it's, so right now it's considered, um, so my cancer is called pheochromocytoma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm in stage four pheochromocytoma. Um, and there are, we, the, the focus is on the big tumors. Mm-hmm. There's about 10 big tumors. I probably have tens and tens and tens of tumors throughout my body. Yeah. But the main ones are like, you know, two in my spine, two in my kidney, one in my lung. Those are the ones we're watching because yeah. those are the most harmful. So um, the biggest side effect is high blood pressure, mm-hmm. um, but that causes a lot of issues. Um, it sounds like a simple thing. Um, I've been on blood pressure medicine for seven years. Yeah. So, but you know, headaches, migraines, heat flashes, um, sweating, yeah. just feeling sick, tired a yeah. lot of the time. You're kind of going through stuff. menopause. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so it, it's it's just wild. It's wild. Yeah. So it's been it's been an incredible journey, though I will say. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything. I really yeah. wouldn't. So, so is there like, are you just in a constant state of like, okay, we're currently chill, but like things could get bad quick? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm doing good. I just yeah. finished radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was every two months, I think, or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, super chill, um, but it's kept the tumors at bay. So okay. they're not growing. They're not shrinking. They're just kind of chilling. So as the tumors currently are, if they don't grow, like you, you could live forever. You're fine. Unless something like a stroke mm-hmm. or uh, whatever the other ones are called. Yeah, yeah. Something like that were to happen. Mm-hmm. I should be fine. Yeah. You know? So, but it's it's the unknown, yeah. right? So, so you're just constantly monitoring the tumors, basically. Right, constantly. Yeah. So and that's the great thing. So with a lot of cancers, it's like, um, you know, you find it too late, you're done for. Right, Legit, right. six months later, you're, you're on your deathbed. Yeah. With mine, we found it early enough. Mm-hmm. And it's rare enough and it's slow growing enough that we have a lot of time on our hands Mm -hmm. unless something freak were to happen. Yeah, yeah. So the chance of the cancer killing me is years down the road. Yeah. Um, But right now, I mean, things are looking good. Yeah. So, I mean, truly, I mean, no, I have tons of tumors in my body, but they're not growing. Right, right. So if they start growing again, then we have issues. Right, right. But there's no, I feel like you have such a good attitude about like, why on earth would I stress or worry about what I don't have to yet? Right. Yeah. Is that something you've had to like get to that point? For sure. Yeah. I mean, even recently, I talked to my parents about this the mm-hmm. other day. Um, we have these conversations every once in a while, but um, just kind of talking about my future mm-hmm. and, you know, like what I want to do, school, work, like what, what what's the plan? Yeah. Because like there's certain decisions like from my cancer life mm-hmm. and like death that like play a part for sure. Sure. They just do. Like I'm planning on living a long life, Mm -hmm. but also I want to enjoy life right now as much as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to do the things I don't enjoy because it's just not smart. In my eyes, it's like, let's go have fun. Let's go pick up to Germany on two days notice. Let's go do that. Well, and you see the fragility of life, right? Right. So so you feel like I'm not going to waste my time doing stuff that doesn't make me happy. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So it's just spending time things I really love is what's important to me mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, I'm honestly, my biggest fear is, is it's not, it's not death. It's not that it's, um, you know, getting married, honestly, mm-hmm. like finding my person and like having that experience in life. Because like, honestly, I think that's what's left. Yeah. Like really, I mean, it's like, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a religious guy. I think getting in the mar- married in the LDS temple would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So I just want to live life, have fun, enjoy it as much as I can. Yeah. Do you um do you get worried about like if you meet a new girl and you're like, okay, how do I like bring this up? Because it's like in a lot of ways it's not a big deal, but it right. also is kind of a huge deal. Like, right. how do you? How do you like deal with that, dude? It goes two ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Well, I had the handicap pass. It's a yeah, nice yeah, breaker. Yeah, yeah. Have you used to, wait, 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 real quick? Have you seen the movie Fifty Fifty? Ah, no. You gotta watch this. Do movie. I need to watch it? You have to watch this movie because it's about this this guy that has cancer, and he's like all sad, and he's like his is more like stage four. He doesn't have much time to live. Right. And he's all sad, and his buddies are like, "Bro, let's use this to our advantage." Like. <sighs> You tell a girl you got cancer, like that's right. <laughs> you're gonna clean up. That's great. And um, and then yeah, he goes and has a blast. I can't remember. I think it like has a, a nice, you oh, know, good, nice message involved in it at the end. But um, anyways, yeah, <laughs> girls kind of react one of two ways. One of two ways. So the first one is gonna be, um, you know, they. It's almost like a like a turn on. Yeah, almost. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like wow, like this kid's going through cancer. He's doing something mm-hmm. hard. He's like. Yeah. I don't know what goes through their mind, right? But somehow, in some way, it's like a catalyst, and yeah. it speeds the process right. up fast. Well, and you're not like, like no offense to anyone that is, but you're not like sickly looking, right? No, right. You, like you don't, you know, you're not going through chemotherapy, right? You're like you just look like a normal, healthy guy, athletic, right. and so, yeah. When they hear that, they must think like, dang, this guy. It's weird. I would love to like talk to each girl and know like it would be really what they think it because would be. you wonder if it's like, man, like I bet a lot of it's very subconscious. They just see right. a guy that's like, man, he's obviously been through stuff, and he doesn't seem super phased by it, and that comes across as confident. Um, and I don't know. It'd be interesting to know. Yeah. No, it would be. Yeah. Kind of makes me want to go text him after this this podcast and go. Honestly, go yeah. catch up. Yeah, feel free. Figure out what's going on. Yeah, there. it might be a good chance to rekindle. Something. Oh, it could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> well said. Um, but the other way, I mean, the other option, you mm-hmm. know, you have that. You have, you have, you know, there's one. Here's two. Mm-hmm. Two is they don't get it. Yeah, they don't. They can't wrap their heads around it. They don't believe it. They don't mm-hmm. like honestly. Like I look like you said, I look normal. Right. Where in reality, it's like every day, like. Like most people, it's like a hundred percent is where they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I'm used to this feeling like 60, 70% every day. Yeah. You know, if I hit 70%, that's a good day, Yeah. you know, but that's just how it goes. So a lot of them just don't, they just don't get it. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't know how much, how deep I can go into that. I just, right. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it is. It's, it's really well, weird. And it's hard to, I'm sure it's hard for people to get that like, from the get-go. Right. Like, if it's the initial stages. Like, I'm sure if you had a girlfriend, like, eventually she'd get it. Right. Right? But but it's hard, yeah, because um, it's, it's just like, it's almost like a chronic illness. Right. You know, like somebody that has, like, Lyme disease or something that's just, like, always fatigued or always going through something. It's hard to differentiate between, like, like... Because it's all just internal. Like I said, it's totally. not like you look really, really sick. Right. Um, you're just like, listen, I'm just out of it today. Right. You know? What I will say, though, the biggest thing I've learned from it all mm-hmm. would be, it's a hot take. Yeah. It's a hot take. A lot can go, we can talk about this for hours probably. Yeah. But the fact that 
I believe life is fair. Yeah. And it's it's a hot take. I don't Wait, know if I've mentioned this to you before. You, you believe life is fair? Life is said? fair. Okay, I like this. Let's go on. And here's here's where here's where I come to my conclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, surface level, simply put, a broken arm for Justin mm-hmm. may be a cancer for me. Yeah. Right? Or whatever it is, Lyme disease is mm-hmm. is it's everything's everything equals out and it creates different opportunity for you. Yeah. Like for me it's like the cancer's created so many opportunities for me. Whereas, like, for someone else, like, a broken arm creates different opportunities, creates yeah. new lessons that I didn't get to learn from the broken arm, but yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. So, you you give and you take. Yeah. And same thing with, like, okay, growing up in, this this is a hot take, like mm-hmm. I said, this is hot. You're growing up in a third world country. Yeah. Right? Obviously, right off the bat, you're not given the same opportunities that we are living in Utah. Right, right. When, where we, like, it's just, they just not the same. Yeah. But they're learning different lessons that we'll never get to learn. Yeah, yeah. And there's power in that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my hot take. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I like that. And it's not like, there's no way to like correctly quantify what's right. equal. Right. 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 But, um, but yeah, I feel like, like to, to any crappy thing you're going through, you can look at it, you can look at it a million ways, but really you can look at it in one or two ways. You can look at it as a blessing or a curse. Right. Right. And for me, like, it's funny. This is, again, uh, another first world problem. But for me, a lot of my pain and my struggle individually has been, man, I would have loved to have been married by now and had kids, right? right? I'm I'm 34, and um, especially in our culture and this specific demographic we're in, I'm, like, a lot older. Right. And, but I think I've had so many amazing experiences that I wouldn't have had had I gotten married really young and had I got married really young, it would have been wonderful. I would have had other sure. blessings and other things, but I feel like I'm also somebody that single guys who are going through it, they can come to me and they, and I can relate to them in a right. big way. Whereas like, there's not a lot of examples of like normal guys in their thirties that are single totally. that, uh, that you want to get dating advice from. Right. Because totally. in our culture, not that, then this is a whole separate topic, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But in our culture, if you're in your 30s and you're single, you're, you're probably a little weird. Yeah. You're, you're probably a little bit of an outcast or, or have some social deficiencies, sure. right? But, um, but I've, you know, of course, there's been a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness and, and stuff I've had to deal with. But ultimately, I think it's been a net positive. And I think, yeah. I think it's really cool because even after I get married, when I'm older, I'm in my fifties and sixties. Like, I feel like I can relate to young people in, in a different way. Totally. And, and really, especially those guys that, that are struggling with dating and struggling with finding the right person and, and feeling accepted in a culture that is very, um, I don't know. There's not, there's not a lot of, um, there's, there's so much sameness in our culture, right? right? There's so much right. like, you know, you, you go on a mission, you come home, you yep. get married at between 20 the and 22. Yeah. yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? We all like cookies. I love cookies. You know, but sometimes you want a weird a weird pastry or croissant. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you know? And so, you're looking for a bear claw. Right, you're looking for a bear <laughs> claw. Maybe a, maybe a, an enclair. Of course. Right? Those um, are great. Yeah, so... 
So anyways, yeah, I, yeah, well said. I agree with you that um, it's funny. I've always said kind of the opposite, but I've had my twist has been um, like life is unfair, but like who cares? Right. Like what, what difference does it make? Right. I think there's so many ways you can look at it. Yeah. Right. But because to me, it's so silly and like fruitless to focus on how things are unfair. Right. Right. Because you can totally make that argument. Right. Right. Like one person suffers needlessly all their life while the other person has it made in the shade. You know, it seems completely unfair. But I'm like, where did it ever say life would be fair? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't say that in any holy book. Yep. It doesn't say it in the Bible, yep. in the Quran, in the Torah, in the Talmud. It doesn't say it anywhere. Right. Um, and nobody really preaches that except for you. Um, <laughs> but um, I I think if you focus on how things are unfair, you're just going to be unhappy. It's true. Right? It's true. Because to me, if they're unfair, well, of course. So who cares? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, But I do like that perspective that, you know what, like ultimately at the end of the day, things are fair because we all have such vastly different experiences, you really can't compare them. Totally. You know? And that's a great way. To, that's, a, that's probably a lighter way to say it. Yeah. 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 It's like, I um, I can't imagine like having a lot of health issues because right. I've been really, really lucky. I've never really been injured. I've never really, you know, been in the hospital, surgery, nothing. I've been very lucky. Um, so I've, I have a hard time imagining all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, I feel like I struggle as is as a healthy person, <laughs> you know? Um, I struggle to get things done and be be uh, efficient and productive as a very, very healthy person. Um, but a lot of people can't imagine what it would be like to be a 34-year-old single totally. guy. You, <laughs> you give know? and you take. Yeah. It's the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. It's so stupid to even, like, bring that up multiple times because it's like, so what? Um, but my dad told me something he, he said this to me a lot of times. It's, it's been really helpful. He's like, there's no reason to like try and like um, minimize what you're going through just because it's not big compared to somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's hard for you, it's hard for you. Yeah. And who cares if it would, if it's like light compared to somebody else? Totally. You know? Like, I don't, I don't like when people say like, oh, first world problems. I'm like, I'm in the first world. <laughs> these are my problems well said you know and i don't have the ability to just go c- cure third world problems right right you know if if i did like if i was i don't know if i was elon musk i might not complain about first world problems because sure. i could go you know cure, solve cure world hunger of course of <laughs> right? course but um but that's that's not easy either <laughs> you're just gonna give everybody a million dollars but uh but yeah, it's like your problems are your problems. And if it's the hardest thing you've ever gone through, it's that's your hell, totally. right? That's your crucible that you're going through. And so there's no reason to be like, yeah, but there are hungry people in Africa. Right. It's like, I know, but I'm not going through hunger right now. <laughs> I'm going through cancer right now. And you're not now. living in Africa. Yeah, I don't live in Africa, right, bro. Right. <laughs> like, I got food. And I do. I feel terrible for all these people in the world that are struggling way worse than me. But... I gotta, I gotta focus on myself. Totally, you know. Totally. Yeah. And I think you make a good point. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what, what am I going through, and how can I become better through it? Yeah. And that's what matters. Whether that be any experience, whatever it is. Yeah. How can I become better? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
if you could give yourself, um, if you could give like 15, 16 year old Ty some good advice, what would you tell him? Jeez. Cause, cause I feel like you're a pretty freaking sharp kid. You've been through a lot early and it's really helped you like grow up fast. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're very mature for your age. Um, but there's some things you just need time to learn. You yeah. just need experience to learn. Um, what would you go back and be like, all right, bro, let me just, let me save you some heartache. Let me save you some pain and struggle yeah. and tell you this. Because hopefully the person you would listen to the most is future you. Totally. <laughs> totally. Well said. I think the biggest one would be, and this is something I would say at 15, 16, I'd go back and say, I don't know, in, enjoy life, yeah. have fun. Mm-hmm. Don't be so worried about all these things. Yeah. Just go have fun. Yeah. Like, mess up, make yeah. mistakes, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably be the biggest thing I'd say. Um, and also, I would say, don't don't waste your time either. Yeah. Like, kind of going along with that. Like, I, fig- I found myself when I was 15, 16, maybe wasting a lot of time with mm-hmm. things or people yeah. that I shouldn't have been with. And I'd love to have six months back. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. But um, there's just so much. Like time is time is the most valuable thing in the world. Yeah. Like not no, not money, not anything else. It's yeah. time. Time is the most valuable thing. Yeah. So spending my time wisely would have been a lot. Would have been great. Yeah. Also, I've been reading. Like I said, mm-hmm. dude, go read some books. Right. Right. I absolutely despised reading. Yeah. Absolutely hated it. Yeah. Reading's great. Right. I've learned more from reading in the past three months than I have in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. I always, you know, because I'm a big reader and I always hear people say, they basically have two or three excuses. They say, I don't have time to read. Or they say, like, I just, I don't have the attention span to read. Yep. Or the just, the, the general, I just don't like to read, right? And I'm like, okay. It's funny because we're all reading all the time. We read, you know, stuff on the internet all the time. We read people's long captions. We read these little BuzzFeed articles. We read nonstop. Right. Right. But because of the way things are, yeah, our attention span has definitely shrunk. But to me, it's about finding out what you like to read. Because even me, I'm crazy about reading. Like, but if you put a, if you give me a fantasy novel, I'm going to die. I'm just, I just, that's not my genre. It's not what I like. Um, and so you got to figure out what, what kind of, what you like to read, what makes you feel alive. Totally. And like, for me, the reason I learn so much when I'm reading isn't necessarily because I'm just reading facts, right? But it's because I get, I feel like I get to jump into somebody else's skin for 200 pages. Totally. You know, and you get to read what they, how they see the world. And I might not agree, but at least I can be like, okay, that's how... That's how one person sees things and probably a lot of other people too, right? right? And I can just see that I just feel like it gives you multiple lives in a weird way, right? And um, it's funny. People ask me about my own writing and for me, like, especially with the fiction I've written, it feels like I, like, (laughs) it's weird. Those things I wrote about that are completely fictitious, they feel like real things that happened to me in my life. Interesting. Um, they feel like almost like real memories because I was in the trenches right. so long, thinking about it so much. And and that's how it is, you know, um, with with a book you're reading. You're so 
if it's two, 300 pages, it takes a decent amount of time to read that. And so you're in there very just focused and attentive for one thing. And I think that's so good nowadays. So interesting. Yeah. That is, that is very, I've experienced that with dreams before mm-hmm. where I'm not like legit a few days later, I'll, I, I had this dream like a few nights back mm-hmm. and it was like, wait, was that real life or not? Like yeah. I, I can't remember because it yeah. felt so real. Yeah. Probably a similar thing. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, one more thought that came to mind was, you know, I don't know how religious we are on, on mm-hmm. you are your, as much as we want to. I, okay. So here, here's, here's what I would have said as well. Mm-hmm. Involve my savior more. Mm-hmm. And even now I still need to involve my savior more. I I'm trying yeah. to figure out the church, mm-hmm. um, you know, the LDS church. And I just, I don't know. Do you have like, what are your tips on that? How um, have you involved Christ in your life because I'm struggling. I'm, I am struggling. You're struggling with finding ways to involve him, or or you're struggling just with your general belief. The motivation. The motivation. I I I, I know it's true. Yeah. I it, it makes sense, and even if it's not, mm-hmm. I'm living a great life. So what? Right. So what? Totally. Yeah. So it's like it's like you're doing good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's keeping me on a good track as right. well. Yeah. So um, finding the motivation, the passion. Yeah. Is where I'm at right now. Right. I think for me personally, and this has been something I've discovered much better over the past few years. And again, I wish it didn't take me so long. Right. right. And there are definitely lots of things I learned from my LDS mission that brought me much closer to Christ and brought me. Um, and here's the thing. If you don't, if you're not Christian, if you're not religious, it doesn't matter. It's like in AA when they talk about you have to have a higher power. Right. And if that higher power is Jesus or it's the cosmic universe or if it's your self, whatever it is, like you have to believe in something greater than yourself or you're going to be miserable. Totally. You know? And so for me, that is, that is Christ. But again, it doesn't really matter. Um, but for me in my journey and my belief system, um, it's been about how can I better my personal relationship with Christ because here's the thing the re- not even let me rephrase it's not even about my relationship with Christ or with my my maker it's about coming closer to him because the relationship is already there it's not based on reciprocity sure because no matter what i do he's going to be there and so I'm not trying to forge a relationship. I'm not trying to better a relationship like I would with a friend or a lover because on one side, it's already completely and totally unconditional. So he's not trying to move any closer to me and me moving closer to him. He's right here already, yeah. and I'm just trying to get closer. Makes sense. Right? And that's, that's really hard sometimes because a lot of times... It's weird, and I feel bad saying this, but a lot of times, just the idea of God and spiritual matters, they feel abstract, right? Because they're not tangible, they're not in my hands, and like my day-to-day life, it's very easy to go through and not involve that. But the more that I try to just come closer and try to realize like... um. Everything that 
I do is not really because of me. It's, you know, it was an opportunity given to me. Um, even the things that I personally accomplish and do because of hard work and sweat, like, that's not really me. You know, that's um, right. that's something higher. And even if it's a lot of me that did something, it's not about me. You know, it's about a bigger, it's about a bigger picture. And so I don't know if that made any sense. That's great. No, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been something I've been trying to figure out really mm-hmm. this whole semester yeah. is how can I find the passion, the motivation, just like really enjoying the church and yeah. my relationship with my savior and building that. Yeah. So, and to uh, me, I, have you watched the chosen at all? I've watched some of the chosen. It's yeah. great. So to me, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's, it's just, it's just a series about Christ and kind of, kind of, um, a detailed depiction of new Testament stories. Right. But to me, it's been so inspiring and I've looked at it like, okay, to me, cause you can only like pray and read the Bible so much, you know, yep. or otherwise you just, you know, you become, you become a fanatic, you become a zealot right. if you're just at home reading the scriptures eight hours a day. Um, and the time for that is really like as a missionary or, or totally. whatever, right? Like you have to live your life. You have to go to school or work or try to date. Like, um, so for me, the way I draw closer to Christ, the way I feel more holy, more spiritual is by loving as many people as best I can and, and always being, I don't want to say like being like a, a Christ like figure, but being somebody that everybody feels so comfortable coming to with their problems, totally. with their, they need some help. They need somebody to talk to. They need a shoulder to cry on. I want to be that guy. And that's, it's hard when you're living your life because you have so many selfish desires that don't involve other people. Yeah. It's like, so I try to, I try to reroute my focus a lot because my focus juts out and leaves all the time. So I try to reroute it as often as I can and say, okay, like, I know I have a lot on my plate. Like I want to do these podcasts and I'm writing this book and I'm trying to date and I'm playing basketball and I'm playing spike ball and I'm traveling and I'm working and all this crap. But at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, how can I get more people to feel loved, to feel like I influenced their life? And to me, it's like, usually the answer is not some grandiose, like, okay, let me start a nonprofit or let me, let me give back. Or it's more like, let me, let me text this buddy. I've been finding the one. Let me text this buddy. I've been thinking about, let me, let me tell, you know, some cashier that they were really sweet and really helpful even though like I got my AirPods in and I'm thinking about 10 different things, you know, it's just stepping outside of myself for a minute. And to me, when you can spread that love as much as you can, you're just drawing closer to the savior. That's amazing. And it's not about like super like spiritual per se things like, okay, let me like, let me study the scripture and get really deep into it. Let me listen to these talks. Let me, let me go do service. It's like, no, let me just love people. Let me love people and let, let other people see that, listen, no matter what happens, my love for you is unconditional. And that's a really hard thing because a lot of people suck and they're annoying. <laughs> they, you know, they're annoying. They get under your skin. But I'm like, man, how can I just, how can I let that stuff slide and just be there and be a homie, you know? That's great. Because Jesus There's is... nothing better. Jesus is the ultimate homie, you yeah. know? 
And so that's, I don't know. I don't know how helpful that is, but that's, that's beautiful. advice. That's beautiful. That, that answered it fantastically, <laughs> really. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, thought I had uh, coming into this is what is a rule that you live by? A rule? Like, like a day-to-day, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, what do you, like, like, is there just like a, like an overarching mm-hmm. like rule or a goal that you're working towards or like something you live by or, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Um, it's hard because I try to have like a lot of those of kind of, right? And a lot of them fall by the wayside. Um, one thing I've been trying to do is I have I have this journal where it's, it's basically like an agenda slash to-do list. But I also add, I add it at the bottom every day. I, I have just listed like just good things that happened, right? Whether, whether they happened to me or whether I helped you know, perpetuate them for somebody else. And then I have, um, new things did. So basically I want to do new things every day because I really have a problem with monotony and getting, getting in a rut. Um, and some people love routine and love doing the same thing every day, but that will drive me insane. And so I try to do, even if they're really small, like I went to this new restaurant today, right? Right. Or like, I've never, like, I have this buddy, like, we text from time to time, but I've never called him, right? Just really small things that are new. That's great. And they're, like, tiny victories, right? That's amazing. I try I try to, like, because sometimes we're so focused on getting these big Ws. Totally. You know, like, I have big goals for my podcast. Of course. I have big goals for my writing. And I'm always trying to inch towards those goals. But in the meantime, I'm like, man, I got to focus on how can I get some little wins along the way? So that's for me because I also struggle with, um, I struggle with just being happy all the time, right? And I'm not depressed or anything, but a lot of little things kind of like knock me off and I feel down for a few hours. Um, And I know a lot of people feel down like all the time, right? right? But... To me, I've got to find some silver lining in everything. Totally. You know? Um, and so for me, like, what happened? The other day, I can't remember what happened, but I went somewhere. It was like an hour away, and I get there, and whatever we were doing was, like, canceled. It, like, didn't work out. And I was like, I was like, you know what? This is awesome because there was this podcast I really wanted to listen to, and I, like, just haven't had the time. Yeah. So I'm going to listen to it on the way home. It's a great way to look at it. And you know what? There's this little taco shop on the way that I've never <laughs> been to. And so to me, instead of being like, dude, tonight was a bust, I'm just like, this was awesome. I got some new, so I tried these tacos I've wanted to try. I listened to the podcast. I had a great night. Yeah. Um, it's great. And of course, I don't always have that good attitude. Of course. Sometimes of course. you're just pissed off. And you have to be. It's part of life. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be sad every once in a while. Right. But yeah, to me, like, if I don't look for lots of little wins along the way, I kind of, I get myopic and I can only see like, oh, I'm just losing. Right. Because I haven't hit my big goals yet, so I'm just losing, you know? Totally. That's beautiful. I really, it's great. It's kind of been the whole topic of like what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like finding the silver lining. Yeah. In your day-to-day things. Right. Especially the I, the small victories, I think mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah, I will say for me, my this has this has been something that I've been I've been struggling with is yeah. my patience. Yeah, and you know I'm living with five roommates, mm-hmm. all randoms. Yeah, 
all mission buddies. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. So they're all mission buddies. Yes. And you're the They outsider. all speak French. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is fun. It's yeah. great. For a second, I was going to learn French. And then <laughs> yeah. I realized it took what way too much time. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but they're, they're great dudes. They really are. But the one thing they don't do mm-hmm. is they don't do their dishes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it drives me through a wall. Yeah. yeah. It really does. Uh-huh. And it's not like it's like one guy not doing his dishes. It's all five. Yeah, yeah. Not doing their dishes. At least I think. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I see things and whatever. Right. But it's brutal. Right. It's brutal. And and so the the, the rule I always live by is the thirty ten. Mm-hmm. It's like thirty extra seconds or ten extra steps. Mm-hmm. So like whether that be cleaning your dish takes thirty seconds. Just yeah. clean your dish. Mm-hmm. Or putting up a jacket. Yeah. Put up your jacket when you take up your clothes yeah, yeah. off at night. Like <laughs> go hang them up. Sure. Like. Yeah. Anyways. So that's the thing I've been living by, especially mm-hmm. during college, because it just saves you a lot of time in the long run. Yeah. And once again, small victories. Mm-hmm. Making your bed in the morning, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a, it's a small victory. You come home to a made bed, mm-hmm. you're happy. Yeah, yeah. If your day was crappy, at least you came home to a made bed. At least you got something. Yeah, the candle just went out. I don't know what's going on there. That's kind of tough. A little smoky. Jeez Louise. Oh, well. It smells nice. Little hot box show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a Joe Rogan episode <laughs> here with Post Malone. Um, Anyways. Yeah, so so how do you um how do you deal with with that uh just being feeling like because you don't want to just resent people around you all the time. Right. Because then you just feel crappy. Totally. Um, so how do, how do you avoid that that just feeling of resentment? Because it sounds like even if you have a conversation, they're probably just going to always be dirty dishes. Right. <laughs> I mean, and we've had the conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've had it in person. Mm-hmm. We've had it over text. Sure. We have a, we have a on, on, on a... Ongoing. Yeah, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. So, it's just, it's just tough. Mm-hmm. So, here, here what, I mean, I'll run you through my situation every time. <laughs> dishes are in the sink. Yeah. It's a mess. I just made myself some eggs, mm-hmm. some nice little breakfast burrito action. Yeah. Nothing better. You know, simply, you just move the dishes right. onto the counter, uh-huh. clean your dish, mm-hmm. put the dishes back. Yeah. And the reason why you don't do the dishes mm-hmm. is because once you do the dishes, <laughs> they're going to leave them in there every time. Yeah. And then they're really not going anywhere right. because they're expecting you to do their dishes every time. Yeah. So you can't do the dishes. Yeah. Or else it just creates bad habits for everyone. Right, right. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's tricky business. That's that's the first world problem if we're talking right, about. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the like if this was like if this was the number one problem in your life, I'd say, cool, move out. <laughs> <laughs> and they really are great guys. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. They they're they're, they're really I've been blessed. And they're yeah. five random dudes. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is living in a house with six guys is tough. Right. Like there's gonna be things all the time. Guys are just so inherently messy and gross. Right? Right. And it sounds like you're a pretty neat guy. I, I just I just have to be. Yeah, yeah. It's just my nature. I don't yeah. know what it is. That's great. I mean, um, you are too. I mean, look at this thing, dude. This, this room is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I like to keep it tidy, but um, but I definitely like... I'm not great with... Um, like, I don't eat a ton in my kitchen, so it's never, yeah. it's never a big issue. But like, for some reason, this is just like my holy space is it and and i have a large space so i want to keep it clean and i like work down here so i want to feel productive when i'm down here totally but um but i'm i'm less um 
vigilant, like in the living room and stuff. I'll throw my clothes around and stuff. But, um, dude, when I was, when I was in college, I lived with three of my best friends and we were all pretty just messy, didn't really care. Right. And it was, it was awesome because nobody got mad at each other, but it turned into just an absolute dump. Dude, that would drive me insane. Right, right, right. And um, and it, it worked because we were all you guys were all chill. similar, right, 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 right. But um, dude, it got so bad one time. We and we were all we're just in our young twenties and we're stupid and we're careless and we're we having fun and we're just like trying to get girls over <laughs> and trying to just have as much fun as possible. And I remember somebody forgot to pay the utility bill, and I remember our solution was, oh, we'll chill like. It's summer. We're fine. And there's <laughs> there's an outlet right outside of our door cuz we're on the second floor like in the hallway there's an outlet. Yeah. We'll just put an extension cord in here, get some lights in here, and we're fine. Like we Oh, it's great. We don't need to pay our <laughs> utility bill. And so we lived like that for like Oh, and it worked? It worked. Wow. Yeah, because it, it wasn't connected to our unit, the outlet. But you guys ran that for weeks? For weeks. Dude, that is one of the most <laughs> genius things I've ever heard. It was so funny because we'd have like girls come over and they're like, what is what is going you on? You got extension cords yeah, running out we, throughout the whole yeah, house. Yeah, we have extension cords everywhere. We got like lamps in every room and everything. Oh, that's and, good. Um, and we just like ate out. So we didn't care about the fridge, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was just a den of just gross bachelor Alphas. Alphas. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Three freaking alphas. <laughs> One of them just Man. sleeping on the floor. But um, it was so funny. My buddy, I remember he, he actually got engaged in that period of time. And I'm I'm still really tight with him and his wife. And his wife will be like, I don't know how I said yes to you in, in those conditions. <laughs> but we're just like, we were just so carefree. We're like, who cares? Like, we got an extension cord. We're chilling. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I love it. You're saving a few bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. So, um, wow. it's funny. I'll tell girls that story every once in a while. And girls do not have the same reaction. <laughs> they no, think I'm sure it's, not. They think it's the worst thing yeah. we could have ever done. See, I will say, a part of me is like, look, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe for a week. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. The extension cord's genius. <laughs> right, genius. Right. I would do that for sure. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. The messiness. Yeah. If everyone's on board and you don't have anyone coming over. Yeah. A week. Sure, sure. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that place is getting tidied up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And we wow. just didn't have anybody there that cared enough to right. be like. And every once in a while we'd do a haul and just clean everything. For sure. You know, but anyways. Nice little cleaning check. Yeah. 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 The funny part is our, um, you know how we talked about, there's just nothing like a boy's trip. Um, it's so funny when you're at college and you're living with your like best friends, it's just a freaking sleepover every night. Every night. And I remember our buddy, our buddy moved in and he didn't have a bed yet and just didn't care enough to go buy one. Yeah. And so he would come sleep on my floor every night. Really? And we were just like, Cause we would end up like watching the office or we'd be talking Amazing. and he had like some like pillows and crap set up in his room, like a ghetto little makeshift bed, but he would just crash in my room every night. Cause we just had pillow talk. Dude, there's nothing better than some pillow talk. With your boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There really isn't. <laughs> right. Especially when you're in the heat of things. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. 
I miss pill talk. Yeah, there's there's nothing like I don't know. It's the end of the night, and you're just I don't know. Something about you're a little out of it. Yeah, you're walled you're down more a little open. bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I always talk about when you get in a hot tub with the boys. Suddenly, you just talk about everything. Right. It's that hot water. It's the fumes. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's not to get you know PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. When it's a naked hot tub. Sure, sure. You hit the local gym. <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, now your walls are really down. Yeah. And you're really open. You're yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, your pants are down, your walls are down. Everything's down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. Okay, also, I have to say, yeah. are you been working out? I have been working out. Does it show? The bicep. I see, I see some more definition of the bicep. <laughs> yes. Yes. We can stop the show. <laughs> no, dude, I joined the gym like three weeks ago. Vasa? Yeah. What one? Um, I just go to the one on 1600 here. In Orem? Yeah. So close. Yeah, yeah. The one that's off university. Uh-huh. The big one? No, no, no. I go to that sometimes if I'm like over there, but the one, it's almost in Linden. Okay. It's a okay. little smaller one. But um, actually, it's probably been more like a month that I started. But it's funny because I have never lifted weights as an adult male. And I was just like, you know what? I want to get in better shape. I yeah. want to look a little bit better. Um, sure. Doesn't hurt with sports and stuff. But, and I'm just, I've always been like, oh, it's just so hard for me to put on weight because I'm, I'm just like you, you know? Yeah. Got a, a wild metabolism tall lanky lanky boy but um i put on eight pounds really yeah what are you eating creatine are you doing creatine (laughs) yeah yeah really and you've seen results yeah um it's not like i'm surprised you notice like nobody notices but um you probably as a fellow skinny man you notice a a tiny little difference hey hey and look dude I'm putting on weight too, dude. Yeah. Don't be too quick to call it skinny. Come on, my guy. No, dude, you're 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 that thick skinny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they look great. Thank you. They look great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's funny because I just have these these micro improvements because I'm just so naturally wi- yeah. wiry, you know. But um, but I'll tell you what, it's fun to like just see yourself improve. Oh, for sure. You know, like for sure. I. I don't really care about... I'm never going to be a super muscular dude. I'm never going right. to like go crazy and eat nothing but chicken and broccoli all day. But um, but yeah, it's fun to see yourself kind of push the limits and, and improve incrementally, you know? For and sure. It's, it's weird how like one sphere of your life will like give you momentum for other parts of your life, you know? Like totally. I'm working out every day. It makes me want to like write every day. Totally. You know? And you think the two aren't connected but just anytime you're doing good things it just gives you momentum yeah the small victories push you forward yeah they for really sure do. yeah yeah and that's why i i'm a i, I i'm a big routine guy mm-hmm. it's like i want to be more especially in 2022 but like mm-hmm. i've been hitting the gym more yeah uh vasa classic mm-hmm. yeah but it's great yeah. it really does it's like it's just like all these small victories mm-hmm. are great yeah making your bed then going to the gym those two things all of a sudden, make your day way more productive, and you want to do more productive things. Yeah, yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah, yeah, it's weird when you're. Obviously, it's the opposite. When you're having a super lazy day, you're like, "Well, I don't feel like doing anything." Right. And you're like, "Well, what's the point? I've already done nothing today." Yeah, yeah. I, I might as well lose the farm and just watch another <laughs> show. You know. But yeah, when you're being hyper productive, you're like, "Okay, what can I do next?" Totally. You know, totally. like what can I, what can I do? So you hit the runner's high almost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a great high to hit. That's cool, man. Um, anything else, bro? Dude, I don't, I don't know. What do you think? If you had, if you just had one question for me, if you were the podcast host, 
What would you ask? Jeez. I would, my first question that came to mind is what makes you tick? Mm -hmm. But I feel like you kind of answered that a little bit. Well, I guess I would just need you to be a little more specific. What What do you mean by tick? What makes you, what gives you purpose? Mm -hmm. What makes you want to live each day? What yeah. makes you want to be the best person you can be? That kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but I feel like we've already answered that. What yeah. do you say? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll add one thing that I think about a lot that maybe sounds a little morbid, but I often think about like, how, how are people going to remember me after I die? Interesting. Right? Because, and it's not, it's not in a morbid way. But it's like, I sometimes think about like, okay, if I did die tomorrow, like what would be the reaction, you know? Because, you know, you see like when celebrities die or something. Totally. The internet. Virgil. Yeah. The internet blows up and everyone's posting great things about them and, and great stories about them. And I'm like, well, how many stories do people have about me? Like, yeah. especially people that don't know me super well, be like, okay, what's been my... Because anytime you know somebody that dies, you're like... What was my experience with them? What was my relationship with them? Yeah. And so I want to be like, and obviously there'll be some people that don't give a rip, right? Some people that don't like you, that's fine. But for the people that know me, I want them to be like, oh, I got a Taylor Church story. Totally. You know, I got, I want to look at my phone and I got, I got cool, meaningful texts from Taylor Church. You know, I've got, um, I've got memories with Taylor Church. And so... I don't know. I think about that a lot, and it's weird because it's not like I'm dying, but I want, um, I want a, I want a good legacy. I guess. Totally. Yeah. That that that's actually beautiful. Thanks. That was beautiful. I like that a lot. Wow. Yeah. But anything? I mean, I'm trying to think. Anything? Anything for me? Any last question? Um. How do you um. How do you consistently, like, when a large percentage of your life, you kind of feel like crap, how do you consistently just decide to be happy or just be happy or be, um, or present yourself as such? Interesting. Hmm. It's kind of a deep question a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of going along with some other things we've said is that I've been sad. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've had pity parties. Yeah. What we call them. We call them pity parties in my family. And pity parties are great. Mm -hmm. They really are. For a minute. For a minute. Yeah. Right? Those are, those are short periods of time. And I just find, like, we're here on earth to be happy, to have yeah. fun, to, like, enjoy our life, figure things out. And, like, when you're sad and down in the dumps and, like, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You really are. Like, yeah. you only have so much time on this earth. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's make the best of it. Yeah. You know? So, forcing yourself to be happy, I wouldn't say, is the move. Yeah. But doing things that make you happy is great. Right. Like, pretending to be happy. Yeah. I'm not a fan of. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you're having a bad day, have a bad day. Sure, sure. Like, it's great. Like, yeah. That that will help you push you forward. It really yeah. will. Right. But don't but don't sit in it longer than you have to. Totally. You know, cuz I totally agree. It's like there's nothing wrong with being sad, lonely, depressed, pissed off, like any emotion, right? right? You should feel it. You should like almost embrace it. Totally. Right? But and even like sometimes you don't have the ability 
to get out of that for a few days or a few weeks or you know maybe you're going through something crazy and it takes months to get out of right but throughout that you've got to find you've got to do things that make you happy right and that happy might only last for 20 minutes or a couple hours or a day right um but that's that's what's gonna get you out of it eventually that's so well said also i have to say before we end this yeah the way you manipulate your words, it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. It is incredible. It's always something I've been very impressed with. I don't know how you do it. Well, I mean, you read a lot. I'm sure that has something to do with it, but sure, yeah. it's impressive. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like I can't get all my thoughts out yeah. with like a lot of things. I'm yeah. like, I have so much to say, but like, I don't know how to say it. Yeah. The way you just present yourself mm-hmm. and the way you speak, it's, it's great. Thanks, man. It's great. Also, like, I definitely didn't do it this way or this well at your age like i've just been sure talking a lot <laughs> for a lot of years and i always tell people like don't get it misconstrued i'm not very intelligent i just read a lot and i observe a lot and i care a lot yeah. about about trying to absorb information but like i could throw a dart and hit somebody that's smarter than me like it's not about intellect it's about wanting to learn and wanting to um to see the world in different ways totally you know that's a great trait to have yeah be a be being a learning to be a follower mm-hmm. is amazing yeah like not being so caught up in like i'm the guy i want to lead yeah it's like no i have so much to learn right it's great awesome cool my guy thank you so yeah. much church it's been amazing we did also it. you mentioned your name was taylor church several times <laughs> and like, it, i forget that your name's taylor you're like who's that i'm gonna say it <laughs> like, is that your dad <laughs> yeah it's funny sometimes i i will like introduce myself like oh hi i'm taylor and whoever i'm with is like oh right, 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 right yeah, yeah. yeah it's, great. it's funny because i have friend groups where everyone just calls me church and then like I don't know. Most of my like high school homies just call me Tay, really, right? or Taylor. Wow. Uh, like my obviously my family doesn't call me Church. <laughs> it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, you know you hate this. They're missing it, out. <laughs> Dude, you know what I want? I've had this happen a few times. I don't know why it just hits different, but when a girl calls me Church, really, I just love it. Wow. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I like it. Just because usually they don't do it, right? Usually right. a girl just wants it's out to, of the box. Yeah, they want to call you by your first name, but um. I don't know. It's that's kind of, great. It's kind of nice. That's and great. And then I thought, I thought, how cool would it be if, like, my wife someday, people also just called her church. Wow. <laughs> You've created your persona <laughs> yeah. to potentially, that could happen. Right, right. That could happen. Yeah, yeah. I would love I'd that. I'd love so, to see that. If any girls out there would love to be called church. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a bad last name. You know my DMs are open. They're open. They're open. I'm not. I'm not private. <laughs> you can get in there. It's super easy. I'll see them. So You're getting freaky. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want people to look you up? You got anything you're Dude, pushing? Good question. A lot of we'll have to talk a little off, a little off. Yeah. Um, you know, off the pod. Um, but yeah, give me a follow. Yeah. I think Ty Easton. O two. Mm-hmm. Give me a follow. Yeah. Instagram. Good. If you can't find me, go through his go through uh, churches and stuff. You'll find me. But and I'll uh, I'll post I'll post a picture of us on my gram so you can find him easily. But um, he's our guy and we love him. Yeah, this is great. I appreciate you, dude. Thanks, man. Loved it. We'll have to get together soon. Of course. And um, as always, if you didn't hate the podcast, feel free to share it with a friend or a lover or send it to somebody you hate, maybe. 
Oh, of course. Just as a reason to, you, you know, know, you know, patch things up. You know who I'm going to send it to? <laughs> the girl on the mission. Oh, she's, the first kiss. She's got to see it. She has to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this might be what she needs. Actually. <laughs> this could be the pushing yeah. her through. But the first person I want to listen to this podcast is Jeff. Oh gosh. <laughs> Your fellow Brazilian. Right, my guy. Yeah. All that's right. great.